afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting today from the Nebraska State Fairgrounds where the Angus Junior National Show is underway here. A lot of great cattle from all over the United States hitting the show ring. And, of course, a lot of discussion out in those alleyways has been what's been going on in these markets. No surprise coming from the grain perspective as they look at what is happening on their bottom line. We'll talk about what's going on in the trade, the wheat market, and the interesting things that have been happening there. We know that the hog saw some positive numbers there as well. What's going on? We're going to get all those details today with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. And I, I think we got to start out talking about the wheat market because it's kind of like that, that ugly stepchild that gets forgotten about a lot until it does something crazy like today. Yeah, today was one of those days where, um, you know, the market uh, was, was stronger to begin with. It started strong and it pulled back. And then before you knew it, wheat was off to the races. Uh, so we, we had some very strong finishes today. Uh, KC wheat traded nearly the 60 cent limit uh, before backing off a little bit into the close. But September KC wheat finished up 49 and three quarters of a cent. Uh, the September Chicago contract was up 32 and a half. And spring wheat finished up 48 and a quarter on the new crop September. And, um, you know, there was a, there was a Reuters article that came out after the close that said, you know, wheat up on poor crop conditions and slower than expected harvest. And, uh, I really think there's more to it than that. Um, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, again, some resurgence of concerns about the Black Sea region. Number one, um, you know, over the weekend, there was, talk from both sides, from both Russia and Ukraine, that the other side uh, was potentially planning an imminent attack on the uh, nuclear facility out there. So I think that has added quite a bit of concern. Um, We know that the current agreement for the grain corridor is uh, up on July 18th. And so prior to the other couple of times where we've seen the renegotiation, um, you know, uh, come back into the process, we've seen some strength in wheat leading into that. Uh, and then inevitably they've, they've renegotiated and agreed to, to extend the, the corridor and then the wheat market has backed off after that. Um, you know, more, more chatter that, uh, this time they're not going to, to agree to it again. Uh, we'll see if that's the case or not. That's been what they've said the last two times and then, and then uh, when time has come, they did agree to the extension. Um, and the other thing, too, is part of the sanctions that we have against Russia is they can't use the SWIFT payment system. It's an international payment system. And they want access to that again. And uh, they were offered access for agricultural transactions, and, and Russia turned that down. So that might have been another uh, part of the, the buying today. But, um, you know, really uh, poor showing in corn considering that we had wheat, you know, depending on the variety up anywhere between 30 to 50 cents and corn uh, ended up finishing unchanged on the day uh, after opening on its high price this morning, which was actually up 10 and a half from, from Monday's settlement. So you look at this corn market and the trade that it continues to have, what are you going to see as kind of the turnaround to get them back on the straight and narrow for these green guys? Well, um, you know, the, the trend big picture in corn is down. Um, we feel it'll remain that way, uh, you know, into harvest and, and possibly into January, uh, big picture. Uh, it's amazing 
to me, and you and I have maybe talked about this a couple times over the last few months, Susan, where we've compared this year to 2013. And um, we were really following the, the path very closely uh, with the exception of maybe three days of that rally that we had in June. Um, so if, if we were going to continue to trade like 2013, we, we probably should have seen that rally stop uh, around the 575 to 580 area. And, and we went you know, almost another 50 cents or did go another 50 cents through that up to just under 630. Uh, but then what happened is in, in 2013 and in this year, we, we broke into the 4th of July uh, weekend. And in 2013, we actually made a low at 490 on July 5th uh, just to see some short covering into the July WASDI report, which took us back up to about 528. Um, so we traded down to 485 and a half today. Uh, just a little bit lower than, than what we did in 2013. So we're actually right back on the path. Um, and I think it would make a lot of sense here in the short term to maybe see a little bit of buying in corn leading into the July WASD. I think there's a belief that the USDA will lower the yield. And if you take into account the extra acres that we got last week on that report, um, that essentially allows the USDA to lower yield to a 176.8 uh, without making any other changes on the balance sheet and have the carryout remain unchanged month over month, so from the June WASD to the July WASD. So anything below a 176.8 um, could potentially have a lower carryout number on the July WASD than the June WASD. Uh, now, Granted, we know demand is still a problem, so the USDA could offset some of that with, with a reduction in demand, uh, and, and they may do that. Uh, but I'm going to be looking at uh, a rally in the next week from today's close into next, uh, let's call it, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, as a, a uh, another selling opportunity looking for, uh, I think, another move down in corn into the August WASDE report. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We come back. We do have that WASDE report, by the way. It comes out a week from today. We come back. I want to get a spin on what's going to happen um, from a bean perspective. And we'll also continue to take a look at what the influence that happened in this hog market. Again, some good, strong numbers moving across the screen for them. Of course, it is a Wednesday post-holiday as we continue on this week's Fontenelle Final Bell. When we come back, we'll also take a look at... Um, what is all going on in the rally, uh, keeping the basis more steady, possibly for the beans? There's a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Here's an update on what's going on at Fontenelle Hybrids. We're combining with the channel brand and the other nine regional brands to create a new enhanced channel seed brand. And we're excited to announce your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer will be carrying select channel products this fall for the 2024 growing season. That's an expanded product portfolio with the same great service. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer for details. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Brian Splitk. And Brian is with agmarket.net. Talk about this rally we've seen in the beans. Has that kind of kept the basis out in the countryside a little bit more steady for these guys? Well, I, I think the the tight stocks is really what's keeping the basis, um, you know, strong in the short term. Um, typically, when you see a rally in the futures, 
the the basis will back off as that happens. So I I, I think the the ongoing uh, you know positive uh, strength that we're seeing in basis is is a product of the stocks, and we saw the stocks come in on the quarterly stock report a little bit less than what the trade was looking for. So. Uh, you know, I think the availability of beans out there is tight. Uh, it's going to continue to be tight until we have a, you know, the new crop harvest. Uh, but one of the things that we've been talking about internally, and, and um, agmarket.net works directly with the producer. Um, we work very closely with John Stewart and Associates, which works very closely with the commercial entities out there. And so part of the conversation piece is that with a large corn crop looming, and uh, likely the desire to store that and take advantage of carry um, that the producer will be looking to sell beans uh, out of the field as they're harvested, especially um, with how beans have performed relative to corn recently. Um, and so that may be something that uh, um, paints a little bit different picture on, on bean bases come fall versus what we're dealing with right now. Um, now, the caveat to that would be if it's tight out there um, and expectations of, of the bean carryout to remain tight for the remainder of the marketing year, uh, if China starts to come in and they start booking more uh, more exports. Um, our, our bean book right now is absolutely abysmal. Um, you know, we've only got 3 million tons on the books versus 13 million tons last year. So we are running substantially behind. Um, which I think a lot of people have, have pointed at as a bearish case for beans because of how far behind we are. But you could also take the opposite angle of that and say, okay, we're so far behind that when the buying does start, they may have a lot of buying and catch-up work to do. Um, but in, until that buying shows up, that's going to be a, a concern on basis. Now, we do have a lot of crush plants that are going to be coming up, uh, you know, and, and, and that will provide some some localized basis strength for whenever those uh, those crush plants come up and running to support the renewable diesel initiative. We have a WASI report that comes out a week from today. We were talking about it on the front half. Could we see maybe some changes into the numbers in the large acre number adjustments for the soybeans? Uh, so with, with the July WASI report, they're just going to simply use the acreage number that we got uh, on last week's report. They're going to plug that in. Uh, for both corn and beans, and, and we're not likely to see any any minor revisions on that until at least August. Um, but uh, what will happen is you're going to see the uh, implications of the stocks report carried into the old crop balance sheet. So maybe expect a, a small revision lower in carrying for corn, uh, a, a small revision lower in carrying for beans, um, so those revisions will come right off the top of the new crop balance sheet. And then um, what they'll do is they will potentially adjust yield. I think we're, we're going to see an adjustment on corn yield. I'm not super confident that they're going to adjust bean yield yet. Uh, I think there's still quite a bit of time for them to do that. So I'd be more focused on a yield adjustment on corn. So what's your thoughts on this hog market? Uh, you know, keeping it simple there, it looks to me like August hogs uh, have broken out to the upside on what looks like a, a pretty big head and shoulder bottom. Uh, we saw the fund manager get, you know, record short hogs just to then flip and, and go long. And I don't think they're going to go from record short 
to long and then get out of those longs right away, it's it's likely that they're going to build a little bit more of a position. And um, when I look at these August hogs, uh, um, it it would project to a retest of contract highs or maybe even a, a, a new contract high by a little bit. So the measurement I have on the August hog charts up around 114 for the the measured objective of a head and shoulder bottom. Uh, and that would be a welcome sight considering, you know, what we were dealing with over the last couple of months. Perfect. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can look us up online, www.agmarket.net. And I would actually uh, suggest that you do a trial of our research. We actually do, we, we do a, a video every Monday. It was delayed till today because of the July 4th holiday, but we have an agronomist that uh, did our meeting today that's going to talk about the effects of the derecho, uh, potential effects of the short uh, corn crop, just the, the height of the crop, uh, and uh, some of the smoke that we've seen in, in numerous areas. Um, so online, you could do a two-week trial of our intel. If you want to talk to me directly, it's 815-665-0463. All right, Brian Split's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.